Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Today, Simon Tierney is here to talk about something that many of us may uh, have uh, occasion to use, particularly over the uh, summer months, uh, that being the portable toilet. Portable toilet, Sean. Um, man's best friend in time of need, no yeah. doubt. Um, we will be seeing a lot of them at the festivals this summer. If uh, you happen to go to Electric Picnic or any one of those, there's always queues to, to use the portable toilet. It's a strange one in the summer because they almost act like little mini greenhouses. I remember being in a portable toilet in Electric Picnic a few years ago and it was absolutely baking inside yeah. in the portable toilet. Um more ventilation needed, perhaps. They do, yeah. Yeah, well, it can be the heat. There's a little... They, they, at, the, at the top of them, usually, there's some sort of grills. It doesn't do much in the... That heat doesn't do much in the way of the odour one might encounter within, no, within the portable toilet. Indeed. And you've hit the nail on the head there, Sean, because the odour is probably one of the biggest challenges for a long line of portable toilet innovators over the 20th century. Um, but it does pre that in the sense um, the royal throne so to speak uh, was probably the earliest portable toilet particularly the close stool as it's known there's still one on exhibit in Hampton Court to this day that which belonged to King William III so 17th century portable toilet in beautiful condition might I add how would I describe this Sean it's like it's a square box made of wood with a hinged domed lid. Mm. And when you open that lid, there is a seat with a hole in the middle. And under that, there is a pewter bucket to collect the royal flush. And what you what the king sits on is what really interests me because um, it's a velvet cushion in a kind of a semicircle. Yeah. And I don't lovely. know, well, it does look really comfortable, yeah. but you know the way, not so much nowadays, but certainly in the 70s, 80s and early 90s in Ireland, a lot of homes, you'd have a kind of a fluffy cover on the yes. toilet lid. Yeah, yeah. you but, don't see that anymore now. Do but you? occasionally you would see people go a step further where not only the lid had a fluffy cover on it, but the toilet seat had a fluffy cover on it. Mm. And that is really comfortable, but also tricky. Because yeah, oh, it has to for be all sorts of yeah, hygiene reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's not a problem with William III's um, portable toilet because he was the only one who was allowed to use it. So he wasn't sharing it with other people. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, but presumably some poor slob's job was to empty it out. Yes. And his, his job title was Groom of the Stool. Stool okay. being, that's where we get the word stool from. And uh, in this context, I should say. And um, he very much had the king's ear and his job. There was even a... (laughs) More than his ear. (laughs) His his posterior ear. Um, There was a little poem that was written in 1452, which all new grooms of the stool learned. And this was basically like their job description. I'll read it out for you. See the privy house for easement. 
be fair. So it was called, it was all about easement uh, mm. uh, at those uh, at that time, the royal seat of easement. See it be fair, sweet and clean. Look, there be blanket, cotton or linen to wipe the nether end. And ever he calls, wait ready and prompt, basin and ewer, and on your shoulder a towel. Basin and ewer, old English for water. Um, interesting, blanket, cotton or linen is what was used to wipe the royal posterior mm. in this uh, particular toilet. No toilet paper, of course, at that time. So that's the kind of prehistory, so to speak, of the uh, portable toilet. When we move into the 20th century, hundreds of years later, it all begins really, like so many things on this series, with the Second World War. And I came across a fascinating interview with a gentleman by the name of Douglas Newman, who is, oh, I, I think he's a 100 this year, maybe even 101, but he's a veteran of the RAF during World War II. And he flew um, a very famous bomber called the, the Halifax um, during the war. And in his uh, remembrance, he says, I can in my mind still smell the unique perfume of my aircraft, the mixture of high octane fuel, hydraulic fluid, exhaust fumes and the Elson toilet. The Elson toilet that he's referring to there is one of the earliest um, portable toilets of the 20th century. This was produced by a company called Elson, who also uh, pretty much invented that blue tablet that you uh, kind of oh, like that you aim cake. at when you're in the pub. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cake, yeah. they call it, yeah. which is the worst <laughs> word ever. <Yeah. laughs> Unfortunate use of that word. Um yeah, so this was basically a cylindrical tin can and it sat near the port entrance of the Halifax RAF bomber and there was a little curtain around it. So if you caught yourself, uh, you know, between bombs mm. um, and you needed to do a pee... <laughs> then the you, most relaxing situation. <laughs> you sat. Oh, no, it's really terrifying. I mean, if there's anything that's going to give you stage stage fright, it's, you know, a kind of a, a Messerschmitt or the Luftwaffe coming towards you. Plus also, you know, if you think, well, I'm going to die here. I don't want to die with pants around my ankles. <laughs> But it's better than the alternative, Sean. Better than the alternative. Yes. So the Elson, uh, now anyone who's into camping, we've talked about camping on on Mm. this lot a few times, Sean, will be familiar with the Elson brand name. Um, They still make chemical toilets, cassette toilets to this day for people who have camper vans and things like that. Um, So a very important company. Um. Then everything changes really in the 1960s when an American man called George Harding comes up with, I suppose, the first patent for a portable toilet that we would recognise in a modern sense. The ones Mm. that you see at festivals and um, around town during the pandemic there when no one could find anywhere to take a pee um, because all the restaurants were shut. Um, George Harding is really the godfather of the portable toilet and what he realised he was working in shipping is that all his men every time they needed to go to the toilet they had to they were losing and wasting a lot of time because they had to travel quite a distance from the quay back to the docks etc so he basically built a kind of like a little outhouse a little shed made of steel and wood and he put a kind of a bit of an L bucket in there and that started him thinking okay is 
there's something we could do about this to make it this, this is kind of like a temporary toilet and it's very heavy it would be impossible to move but if I used more innovative mid 20th century materials mm. is there something I could do here to make it more portable for use at events and he had the brilliant idea of course 1960s when plastics was all the rage yes. for use in new materials let's make a portable toilet out of plastic because it's so light but really sturdy and strong at the same time he travelled all over the United States with a trailer with two of these portable toilets uh, on the back, lugging them around the place, and they became very, very popular. Americans call them porta potties, still call them porta potties to mm. this day. So he's he really started the trend for it. Uh, and pre- and I suppose what's interesting about your porta yeah your porta loser your portable toilets is that the the basic technology seems to be the same everywhere in in how how the you know the various waste materials are dealt with mm. though in finland they do have some yoke where they freeze it or something yeah now i think this is the future i think if you see an opportunity to invest in shares of a company that does this Sean, i think you should jump on it okay right, right. this is a portable toilet that uses freezing technology it's such a no-brainer. Think about it. You don't need any ventilation. You don't need any cleaners. You don't need water, access to running water. What happens is you plug it in. You do need electricity. Yeah. I'll give you that. Or a freezing cold climate. Yeah. Um, so you go to the toilet and the waste material is collected in a biodegradable bucket, essentially. And it freezes the 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 material within like... 60 seconds, it freezes it. It goes to minus 15 degrees Celsius. Now, that's quick enough for microbial activity to stop. So you have no odour. You have... uh, You don't need running water because it's frozen. And everyone's a winner. And then you take it out, this kind of frozen block, and you find somewhere nice to bury it and compost it at a later date. That is the future. Simon, thanks a million as ever. Simon Tierney, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We have to take a break back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.